Welcome to the Mission Mill Spouse Podcast, the longest running podcast of its kind. Carrying on the 18-year legacy of Army Wife Talk Radio, we have now expanded our community to include all military spouses of all branches and all components. We are so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us as we empower military spouses to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Now, here are your podcast hosts, your Mission Mill Spouse Command Team. Mission Mill Spouse listeners. This is Dr. Sharita Knobloch bringing you episode number 1021, our final episode of our 18th season. It is such a joy to be joining you today, and I will be sharing with you the power of finishing well. Now, finishing well, I feel like we don't talk about it a whole lot because really it's overshadowed by the new, fun, shiny starts. Don't get me wrong. I love starting something new. I'm probably almost a nerd in this category. Things like new workout pants for the winter season or a new hobby, or we talk about it here in Mill Spouse World. New duty stations, the cool new coffee shops in our new house, new babies. Of course, those are wonderful. The new promotions, seasons of life. Those are all important. But I'm here today to help us think a little bit deeper that sometimes how we finish is also just as important about how we started. As I mentioned, we have a lot of different starts and finishes in male spouse life. And probably compared to our civilian counterparts, they're even more rapid as far as when we start and we stop things. Consider something like a PCS. Often we're only at a location two to three years. Sometimes just a few short months, especially those really short PCSs that are six to 12 months long. What about the seasons of life when we're parenting tiny humans, moving into those middle school years, pre-adolescence, and then they're teens and they're out of the house? Or perhaps about our seasons of starting and finishing jobs, careers, education, volunteer opportunities. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I am in a season of finishing. And there's something so exciting and a little bit sad about those finishes. For example, we're very likely getting ready to PCS. I would say, finally, after six years in the same house. Now, again, it wasn't necessarily the same duty station. It's a long, slightly convoluted story. But We've been relatively stable for six years, and while that's a good thing in some areas, in some cases, and we've appreciated our time here in El Paso and Fort Bliss, we are really excited to potentially next summer maybe be moving somewhere that rains with something green. We don't know where we're going yet, and I hope I'm not being too presumptuous to assume that it's our turn to pack our stuff again and move out. But in addition to that, I've also had some major finishes in the last I would say 24 months. I finished my dissertation. Talk about limping towards the finish line. I was exhausted. And I don't know if I finished well. I tried, but I can tell you my tank was running on empty. And now, as we round out our final 18th season here at Mission Mel Spouse, I'm also finishing out my time here with this organization. I've served with Mission Mel Spouse, formerly Army Wife Network, for just shy of 10 years. And now my season has ended or is ending. And the coolest part is that it's ending on a very healthy note. 
I'm not running towards anything. There's no shiny new carrot beckoning me somewhere else. It's just that my seasons of life have changed very significantly in the last 10 years. So when we think about finishing well, I've semi-narrowed it down to three really key components of what that looks like to finish well and the power behind it. First and foremost, let's consider the logistics. I feel like this is the easiest or perhaps the thing we go to first when we think about finishing well. Again, consider a PCS. We, we are ready to handle what needs to be handled. We start making lists, drawing pictures. If you're a nerd like me, you make some flip charts, put them on the wall, some checklists. And that's great. You want to take care of what you can take care of in advance. Closely related to that, it's all about planning ahead as much as you can. Sure, there are exceptions. There are last minute duty station orders or things that just happen that you could never in a million years have predicted. But with the planning ahead, be really wise. I encourage you to lean in on some discernment here because in some scenarios, you absolutely want to give adequate notice. We always want to give adequate notice, but sometimes you want to give really far ahead of time notice, right? Things like with me transitioning out of Mission Mill Spouse, this wasn't a knee-jerk reaction. I'd been thinking and praying on it for months, pondering it, honestly kind of fighting it a little bit because I had a conversation with the Lord, like, I'll do this forever. And he's like, I know you would, but I'm releasing you from it. Now, if it's something that you love and really support, it's fair that you tell them in advance that makes sense. You don't want to tell them too far out, six months or a year to really stress people out. But I did give almost like a four month notice with Mr. Mill spouse so that I could come alongside my command team, the board of directors and find someone else to rise up and take this position. Now let's flip the other side of the coin there. Maybe you're working at a job that is a little bit shaky as much as we want to pretend like gross bosses or not great leadership exist. That's kind of a reality of our world, too. So if you're transitioning out of that position, maybe keep it on the DL a little bit longer and then just give your professional two week notice of what that looks like to finish well, because unfortunately, we have to think about it. You don't want them to take advantage of you if you're departing and either heap more work on you or dose out a guilt trip every day. That's very icky. Or you also don't want to be risked. You don't want to risk getting fired sooner rather than later. So be really wise and discerning in that as well. And finally, when it comes to logistics, write it down, get it out of your head. I don't know about you all. Maybe I'm the only male spouse out there that's an overthinker. I kind of doubt it. But when I'm getting ready to finish something or running towards the finish line of a project, of a role that I'm serving in, of a season of life, my brain starts to spin pretty quickly. So the best way that I can get a hold of that is to get those thoughts out of my head and pin it down, capture it somewhere in the back of my planner, on my notes page, maybe even on a, you know, have Siri take a note for you. If you think of it while you're driving, I do a lot of thinking while I'm driving and obviously texting and driving, writing and driving, not super safe. So I'll have Siri capture it down or even just writing it on a sticky note in passing. So the first piece is logistics and then in the power of finishing well comes the closure and the processing. Now, ladies and gents, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Denial is more than a river in Egypt. Sometimes the closure, the processing, we don't want 
to face it. And we'll put our head in the sand and be like, no, 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 it's not really happening. I'll deal with it later. And again, while we don't need to dwell on it and stress ourselves out and fret, it is really important to be transparent and allow ourselves to feel the feelings. Maybe it's the end of a deployment and we are just tired. I feel like there is no tired than end of deployment tired, especially if you've been parenting kids by yourself or if it's been exceptionally rough or stressful. That is a different kind of weary trying to finish well. That doesn't mean you're starting with the same amount of energy or finishing with the same amount of energy you started with. Logistically, that doesn't make any sense, whether that's a deployment or a PCS or running a marathon. But giving yourself space to feel the feelings. I am really tired, but I can make this just one day at a time, one moment at a time. Processing those feelings as far as there are some things about this duty station I probably will really miss. And I may not miss them until I leave, let's be honest. But there's also some really exciting components. It's a very bittersweet transition. Again, much like my departure from Mission Mel Spouse here. Something I've learned recently that has revolutionized my life is curiosity is much more powerful and healthy than judgment. I, by nature, am a very judgy person and not even necessarily of other people, but just of my own thoughts and behaviors. I will condemn myself for, quote, not being strong enough or resilient enough or smart enough or proactive enough or I should on myself a lot. I should have known better. I should have predicted that. And a lot of those are very it's not rooted in kindness, but instead of judging ourselves in those feelings as we're trying to go through this closure experience and process what we are really feeling about finishing well, we can lean into curiosity. So what does that look like? Good question. That's asking questions of like, huh, I wonder what that's about. It's rooted in compassion for ourselves, maybe for our service members, if they're kind of stressed or our kids, if they're struggling with saying goodbye to their friends or mom or dad leaving on a deployment, getting curious about how that makes us feel, where that comes from. And a question I've been asking myself lately that, again, has revolutionized my life. And maybe this isn't news to many of you listeners out there. But in those moments, asking myself, what is the kindest thing I can do for myself in this moment? And sometimes it is to lean into that suck it up buttercup attitude and write it down and go tackle something on my list. Other times it's take a knee, take a power nap, nurture yourself. On a very same vein of that with the curiosity, start thinking and envisioning about what the next stage might look like. Now, if you start thinking and envisioning too much and your brain takes off, the train leaves the tracks and it's gone and there's no way you can catch up with it and you're overcome by fear and anxiety, maybe not do that. But if you've got a little bit more of the sweet expectations and anticipation versus the bitter, start start dreaming. Again, we don't know where we're moving next. We recently had the opportunity for the first time in my husband's almost 20 years of serving our country, he actually had a list to rank where we wanted to go. Now, do those does that list matter? I'm not entirely sure. We'll find out in like six months. I was kind of joking that it was like whose line is anyway, and everything's made up and the preferences don't matter. And my husband kind of got on to me for being negative. But I joked with him that 
that's just my emotional and mental self-preservation that I want to hope, but I also have to be realistic and can't get too attached to anything on our list. But it was really cool to look at those 34 options and be like, imagine what would that look like if it was a thing? How would that impact our family? How would we deal with it? How would we cope? What are the great things that could be waiting for us there? And with that, I think when we think about finishing well, embracing the truth that truly, my friends, to everything, everything, there is a season. Now, if things go well for us and we work super hard at it, we really pour into our marriage. This marriage, middle spouse marriage will last a very, very, very long time. But at some point, we will like go to heaven, right? Like it's not an eternal experience. And I don't want to be a Debbie Downer on that. But like there's even seasons to marriage. There's seasons to parenting, seasons to career, seasons to male spouse. I've shared this idea of everything. There's a season multiple times. And that's a big encouragement for me to know that things that were going on in my life 10 years ago either have totally changed or are not even existent anymore. And it's very empowering and freeing to consider that. And again, to get curious about what that looks like. And finally, so we've got logistics, we've got the closure and the processing, and finally, we've got the attitude and the heart. Now, this is one that I have not done great at in the past, but I think about PCSing. Uh, I've been, uh, I haven't PCSed in six years, which is almost like half of my male spouse life. So I am so pumped this time to be like, it is a different game. Like the game has been changed for me, not only because I've been set free from postpartum depression and anxiety, and I have such a different way of thinking about life, but also I've just matured as a mother, as a spouse, as an individual. Also, my kids are not tiny. Let me tell you, side note, when your kids, if you're a parent and your kids get old enough to like go to the bathroom by themselves and buckle their own car seats, game has changed. So I admit right now, my attitude and heart about previous PCSs or transitions have been a little bit more on the bitter, the cranky, the resentful side, but I'm really trying to be intentional this time to not do that. And I'm excited about it. I think the first key under this attitude, heart perspective is to pace yourself. Don't start sprinting too soon. Again, it's easy to start out really fast. And we see that a lot like in runners or for me, you know, going to the gym or CrossFit, something like that. The key for me is slow and steady. I would rather have a steady, consistent, challenging pace throughout than go out way too fast and then just melt into a puddle of goo halfway through the workout or halfway through the 5k or whatever we're doing, the deployment, the, you know, the PCS. I think it's also important to stay in it through the finish line. So I have a lot of analogies kind of with like sports and fitness, but it's just because it's something so tangible that we can understand. Even if you've never ran a race, you've probably watched one and heard people say, like, run through it, run through the finish line. Don't slow down a quarter of a mile out. That's when you see that burst of energy. Again, we want to kind of lean into that for our PCSs or our transitions and finish well. Eight years ago, last month, I ran a full marathon. And another sidebar, some people said, wow, once you run one marathon, you're going to just become addicted and run a lot. Guess how many full marathons I've ran since that one? 
uh, zero. I think I'm good probably for the rest of my life. I could be wrong, but my knees are not as young as they used to be. But I finished that marathon 26.2 miles, which is absolutely crazy pants. And I still can't believe I didn't die. But the mental commentary I had over those 26 miles, every mile was a little bit different. I was so pumped. I was nervous at, at mile one through like six. And then I started to question everything in the middle. The hills were huge. It was one of the hilliest marathons in the country. A thousand plus feet elevation game. If you ever get to do that for your first marathon, zero stars do not recommend. Everyone said the scenery would distract, but they lied. It's it was interesting because once you get over that halfway point, you're like, OK, I'm halfway there. Keep going halfway through the PCS, halfway through the deployment. But I remember that miles 20 through 24 were just awful. Like I was livid, like me and Jesus were having a conversation on that road because it was mid to late October in Oregon. It was kind of chilly. The sun obviously is not usually out anyways, but it had started to rain. I was freezing and wet and angry because I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm exhausted. My legs hurt. I still have miles to go. Am I going to make it? So I lamented. I felt my feelings. I was kind of cranky that 20 to 24 miles. But when I got past that 24 miles and realized I just had two miles to go, it's life. It's like my whole life changed and I was ready to rock and roll. But with that, I had a choice. Was I going to quit? Was I going to get out of there? Or was I going to press through, run through that finish line? It's so key not to let bitterness overwhelm us and turn into resentment because it's going to tarnish that last bit of the experience again, whether it's a duty station, a job, volunteer opportunity, a season of parenting, etc. And utilize your, your anticipation into energy and excitement. Again, we have a lot of months yet before our possible, we haven't got orders yet, PCS, but I'm so pumped about it that I'm channeling that energy to be productive. And I've started kind of purging. And so you might be saying, well, Sharita, what if you don't get orders and or you do get orders and you stay at Fort Bliss for another year or two? First of all, there will be slight amounts of weeping and gnashing of teeth. I'll get over it. But secondly, my house will be purged and it's just freeing and empowering for me in and of itself. So there's actual benefits with that. So as I wrap up today with this mini cast I just want to say Mission Mill Spouse has meant so much to me, and I've really, really dug my heels in these last few months to finish well. It's been hard at moments. It's been a little overwhelming. It's been a little tedious and a little bit tiring, but I'm so glad that I've been able to come alongside my team and see this through to the finish line. I was looking up some information for this little talk here, and I found a quote by A.A. Milne, and it says, How lucky. Am I to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard? So military spouses, service members, military supporters, whatever season you're in, whatever experience you have that you're trying to finish well, remember that if it's difficult or a little bit heavy, it's not the greatest thing, greatest feeling in the world, but it's exciting. Lean into it and get ready for what's coming up tomorrow. Listeners, no matter where you're at on your military journey, newer season, active guard, retired, prior service, Army, Air Force, Marine, Coast Guard, Navy, or Space Force, always, always remember this. We've been there. You are not alone. We've got your six. And now for the final time, this is your Mission Mill Spouse Executive Director, Dr. Shrita Knobloch, signing out. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Mission Mill Spouse Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with your tribe and leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app of your choice to catch episodes that drop every Monday and Thursdays each week. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, or LinkedIn at Mission Mill Spouse. Snag some sweet freebies by signing up for our newsletter, The Sit Rep. And finally, if you'd like to join us on our mission to serve military spouses, consider making a tax-deductible donation on our website or email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Mission Mill Spouse, empowering you to navigate this military life since 2005.